Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it will bless you as it's blessed. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage is coming from the book of Nehemiah, chapters 7, 8, and 9. And in, in this place in Nehemiah, We've just completed the rebuilding of the wall, um, and and we'll have to we have to go back into Ezra and then the the first portion of Nehemiah to understand all of that, as far as context goes. But um, the Lord has just moved mightily through uh, kings and leaders, and through skilled workers. And he's really put uh, a passion in the in the hearts of his people to do the work that he wants done, which is which is rebuilding of the city, which is reestablishing uh, his covenant with his people. Uh, despite the errant heart of man, God's purpose always remains the same. As we drift one way to another he is still locked with his eyes set on fulfilling his purpose and so uh, he he starts to work through so many different people and it even says at the beginning of chapter 8 it says all the people gathered as one man yeah, that just shows the significance of the unity and what God was breathing to where everyone was was in it was in unison in one accord for this move of God, which was a rebuilding of the wall and reestablishing their hearts towards Him. The wall it was to fortify the city, but realistically, it's symbolic of just rebuilding of Israel as a people. And uh, of course, as you backtrack and read through Ezra and Nehemiah, you see how how beautifully God orchestrates the rebuilding of this wall despite the enemy's best tactics to halt or prevent the work from happening, realistically, when God has commissioned for something to happen, there is nothing that any enemy or any person or any evil ruler or principality can do to prevent what God has commissioned. Um, Ezra even takes notice of that as, as they're writing him letters demanding that he cease the work that he's doing and uh, back a few chapters ago he he acknowledges that uh, that this was all an attempt to slow down the work that he was doing and to create fear in him and he said basically I'm not going to comply to that Lord strengthen my hands for the work that you've called me to and he just kept right after it and so we just have to remember if the Lord's called us to something he's faithful to complete what he begins and 
all the threats and all the opposition eventually those things will cease as we're profitable in what the Lord has called from us so they're rebuilding of this wall and we're starting in chapter 7 and the first thing that happens is that it, it was in um, Nehemiah's heart in verse 5 he said then my God I like how you see that's his relationship with the Lord um, that, that's kind of a rare sentence actually at least in this portion of the Bible to have that personal possessive uh, identification then my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles and the officials and the peoples to be enrolled by genealogy and I found the book of genealogy of those who came up at first and I found written in it and he goes through all the, the genealogy and so he's saying my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles, the leaders, the officials, and the people to be enrolled by genealogy. And basically what they're doing is they're, they're making a list of those people that were returning back from, from the exile. Um, because they, you know, it's been destroyed due to, due to Israel's wickedness. God had scattered them. And now they're being returned. And so they wanted a written account of that. Now, if you're like I am, and I think how most people are, when you get into these long <laughs> passages of genealogy in Scripture, it's, it's, it's difficult to take away something in every single verse because they are so, the, the names are so long, and you don't have, it's very difficult. You, you have to get really deep into study to even have any context as to, who who these names are associated with you know because it might th this person this this person's name may, may mean nothing to us as we're reading it but if we trace back that person's genealogy several generations then we might you know be able to attach it with with someone else that we've read about in scripture um, it, but that takes a deep amount of study and, and um, but but as I, as I read through the, these genealogical texts we still want to Allow the Lord to speak to us in whatever way that it might be for, for that reason. Because there's a reason for why it's listed in Scripture. And so, you know, one of, one of the things about this passage of Scripture is, you know, Israel is very small. If you look at these numbers, these numbers are small. You know, from one family this much and from one family this much. And, and, and you know, some of these is as small as, as uh, you know, 50 52 74 you know these are small numbers when you think back to some of the other genealogical texts that we've read um, you know in the first portion of the Bible and, and that just kind of shows how broken Israel it was and how small it was as it's kind of limping back together and we're we're that way sometimes too is it's our it's our humbled broken state that often returns back to the Lord and and then um, and seeks reconciliation with him and he's always faithful to reestablish us and begin to build us again and so if you just were to look at just the genealogy of the people and just look at the numbers alone and there's other things that are, I believe are imperative and important to look at as well but just looking at the numbers alone I think you'll see how large these numbers soar 
in times of seeking of the Lord and how low that they dip when they're coming right out of broken seasons. And so, you know, when we're with, when we're with God, we have His favor, we have His blessing, and when we're apart from Him, um, you know, we're on our own, and, and we're left to our own things, and we, we often diminish. And so, just to kind of cover that a little bit, just to give you a little bit of context, and hopefully you gathered some of, some of your own um, context as you're reading, and, in your own, and the Lord ministered to you in your own way as you were reading chapter 7 as well. Um, you know, and then in chapter 8, Ezra stands up. Ezra is one, one of my favorite people in this portion of the Bible. Because he just has a heart for the, for the law. And uh, so he stands up and, and all the people stand up. And, you know, rem- remember the, the wall is being finished, but it's more about the people returning. And so he stands up and, he, and he, they lift their hands and they bow their heads and they worship the Lord. They bless the Lord and they, they read from the law. They read from the law and just, you know, they would have been reading from... From, from the words of Moses and, and establishing of the covenant and the Ten Commandments and you know they, they read they read uh, this out loud and, and, and the people's hearts are broken with these words they're just um, they're mourning they're grieving um, I like that it, that it says uh, around verse 8 that as they read from the law of the Lord um, some, some other people came alongside and they gave the sense. It says they, and they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. So Ezra's reading the passages, reading the, the law out loud. And then you've got all these ministers going around, and their names are listed at the beginning of verse 7. But they're going around, and they're, they're making sure that everyone has a sense of understanding. Isn't that really cool? Because that, that's really the heart behind this podcast as well as... We're just taking of the scripture and and trying to give a trying to keep it as 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 um, complete as it already is, and not taking anything out of context, but just giving a sense of understanding of maybe what it should mean to you, or what it means to us, uh, or what it would have meant to them, and so they're going around and they're doing that, and and then Nehemiah uh, he he decides that that this should be a day that's devoted to holiness. The people were mourning and they were sad because they were grieving because of what they had done. And um, Nehemiah said, you know what, today's a day to rejoice because what we've done has been wicked, but what God is doing is great. And so they begin to celebrate and celebrate. And then in chapter 9, they begin to confess their sins and they go through in detail you know every, really so many not every but so many of the times where they had turned away from God and where he was faithful to them again and where they had turned away from God and where he was faithful to them again and, and this is just a beautiful pattern of repentance it's something that we should all model today is that to be in the word of God reading of the law reading of the reading of the commandments reading of the word letting letting it convict us as it did them um, not mourning in a way of con- condemning, but letting it convict us, but then celebrating that our God is so faithful that he gives us another chance and that he wants to do a new thing and he wants to do a fresh thing and then celebrating that, 
celebrating that with hands raised, with heads bowed in worship, blessing the Lord, and uh, which is exactly what they did. And so we're going to leave off there today, and uh, we'll pick up in our next passage next time.